<clears throat> you over there thumbing through your notes? Nah, I'm a... Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, if you've been smoking rock or under a rock, you now tuned into the Personal Party Podcast. Chip. Chip. That shit is mad annoying. Don't worry man. about that, man. You gotta switch it up, bro. We you gotta got switch that big it up. Homie in here. You Look, worry man, about my chip. Because that shit is annoying. Look, I got I got one of my mentors in the building tonight. I got I got somebody I love and respect that taught me a lot of game. That fucking basically fucking kicked the door open and was like, hold on. That's my little man's. Chill. You know what I mean? Somebody that's a motherfucking pioneer to the culture. Fuck just fashion to the culture. I got the living legend in this motherfucker right now. Brother Low, yeah, Thurston yeah. Howard the third in this motherfucker right now. Now you know how you say right. I got, I got to come in with my right, like the motherfucking karate movie, yeah. cause that's my shit. Right, brother Low, I will fuck you up, type shit. Nah, but I had to bring the right, cause every time you do it, it always reminds me of either the karate movie niggas. Or the reggae dudes. When right. It, right. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I mean? Crazy. I call it Kung Fu Reggae. The Kung Fu Reggae. That's, yeah, that's hilarious. Because you could do them both back and forth. You know what I mean? My grandfather, my pops, my uncles, they always was on their right shit. Right, 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 right. So, like, just me saying yeah. right is just hilarious just to tie back in. But Brother Low, man, we got so much to discuss, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm here. You know what I mean? I don't even know where to start because your shit... This shit goes back to the 80s. This shit goes back to when I was born. Wow. And the way you push the culture forward for decades yeah. is, is admirable within itself. Now, before we even get into the low, you was outside of the young age yeah. as a fly nigga in New York City. Brooklyn, yes. to be Brooklyn. exact. Brownsville. Far Rock. Far, far Rock. rock. Like said, We're going to start with Far Rock. I was right. born in Far Rock, and I, my first breath of hip-hop was in Far Rock. Far Rock was, to me, like the motherfucking Bronx. Mm. Niggas was going hard with graffiti, and niggas was going hard with the styles, you know, of hip-hop. But, you know, my most of my roots come from the gang culture of, you know, the Warriors type shit. My whole family were gang members. And they was wearing those outlaw colors and all that. That's what I wanted to be like. I wanted to be fly like that and rock some motherfucking cut off denim jackets and bleach that shit and all that. Because that's how my moms was rocking, my uncles. So that's my initial introduction to how I wanted to be fly with my motherfucking afro at the same time. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, talking shit. Pit. It's real shit, real shit. With a pair of nunchucks in your back pocket. Seventies, <laughs> baby. And I'm gonna tell you the gangster shit is you had to make your nunchucks. You know what I mean? I, I would steal my motherfucking grandmother's broom, cut that bitch up, uh get the dog's chain that they'd walk the dog with, chop that shit up, use the chain with a nail, and I got some fresh ass nunchucks, nigga. And you rock that in your back pocket with your motherfucking denim suit with shit cut off and Bleached out. I used to see my mom's bleach the shit in the in the tub. You know, she'd throw the denim suits in there and then just splash the bleach all around. And that was the get fly shit at the time. 
Hmm. That's crazy. Stonewall. That's, that's called Stone. That's not nah, Stonewall. that was the bleach. Like bleach. Uh, today they call it, they got a name for it today. I forgot what they call it. Shit, it don't matter. That shit was bleaching to me. <laughs> These niggas be changing everything now. My nigga. <laughs> nigga said shit was bleaching to me, nigga. <laughs> they got a name for it, though. I see how they, they, the way they present it now, it has a name to it. I feel like fucking, <clears throat> for all my OGs, Karate in the culture back then was like UFC for niggas now. Mm-hmm. That was like somewhat the real thing to be into. Because you like, nigga, I, I fucking broke my grandma's broom and made nunchucks out of it. That yeah. was the culture, a part of being fly. What was that shit? What was it like running around in the 80s? You know what I mean? Fila's, Fila suits. Description. Gucci. You was telling me about the Dior bucket I got over there. Like, nigga, yeah, they that had Dior. that in the 80s. That's original. Shit, like 83. I oh, see mad niggas rocking the Dior bucket now. That's not no new shit. You went to a jam in Brownsville, you saw three and four of those Dior buckets. Mm. And that's all over New York City when you hit the jams, you know. In Brownsville, there was a jam in every project. So we ride from one jam to the other and all that just to show you fly shit or whatever. But I mean, growing up in the 80s, getting fly, it was all crazy shit, man. It's, it's mostly because niggas was poor. Huh. And everybody wanted to look good and feel good. So that poor shit really made you want to be something else than poor. And, you know, in Brownsville, it was like when you when you not fly or you on some bummy shit and you poor, everybody going to tell you. Mm-hmm. And they're going to rank on you and crack jokes. Not sometimes, 24-7. That's a fact. So you go you home. Sh- yep. I'm a punchline rapper because of that. That's where my punchlines come from, from... 50 motherfuckers attacking me at one time with jokes, so I got to defend myself like crazy. Mm. It was no different than battle rap back then, so you had to be witty, you had to be sharp, you know? Mm. Mm. But the 70s, you know, my whole shit started from the 70s, back to Far Rock, like I said. I got introduced to graffiti and Far Rockaway. You know, most of my people was in junior high. I went to IS-53. I went to PS-197. I lived on motherfucking Mott Place, right off of my avenue, right? And my grandfather was the super uh, to these Mm. buildings, four buildings there. And every building, my whole family filled up all these motherfucking buildings. But on on the right side of us was the precinct. We lived right behind the 101 precinct. And then on the left side of us was IS-53 High School. And then right in front of us was the motherfucking post office. So this this was my playground. Mm. The school, the precinct, the post Post office. This is where I started breaking into the police cars, stealing their lead jackets, because they parked in front of my house. We would steal the motherfucking, the the post office trucks as kids and just push them, joyride, take the bags of mail, take them to the back of the building, open up every letter looking for money. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> y'all, niggas, y'all niggas ever found anything? Bad shit, all the time. We did the shit all the time. <laughs> The money was always in the envelopes. Back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah back like, then it was, it was always cash. You go, you go through 10 yeah. envelopes, three of them got money. So imagine the whole bag. Like, this was before niggas was saying, get to the bag. We was getting Y'all to was that getting bag. Authentically. That's, <laughs> oh, That's yeah. gangster. Right, so when did you get into the low shit? The low came a long time later, man. But I tell a lot of people, this low life shit didn't start with polo. Mm. The name started with Polo and all that, but the style of fashion 
is a b-boy fashion to me. I'm a b-boy. I'm a breakdancing ass. Yeah, because you said graffiti. So graffiti yep. and mm-hmm. breakdancing is hand in hand. Yep. So as a b-boy breakdancing, I did the Puma suits. I did the, I did everything the same way I do the low right now. That's how I did the Adidas suits. That's how I did the Puma suits. That's how I did the Lee suits. You know, the fucking goggles, the headbands, the gazelles, the sheepdog. Niggas don't know about sheepdog. <laughs> Everybody talk this fuck. You ain't have a sheepdog to me. That was the prime and the golden shit of hip hop. And that was the gangster shit. Put me on, because I'm a young nigga. What what the fuck is sheep though? He gonna go get one. Wow. He, he gonna go get he one. Put me on. I, I don't know, I don't know I big bro. Oh, put me I, on. Put me on. Let me see. Sheepdog is a sheepskin with, coat. With, with the sheepskin oh, the that's what y'all call sheepskin? We sheepdog? called it the oh, sheepdog. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. With the hat. With the mittens. But you get stuck the fuck up too for your sheepdog. It was a serious coat. Just like a polo goose. Niggas started sticking niggas up for polo goose, but... Niggas was sticking niggas hard for, for sheep sheepdog. My oh, pops had a sheepdog when when I was a kid. Oh, so shout out for my shout out to my pops for sheepdog. I didn't even know that's what y'all called them. We was Call calling them, them, you know dogs, what I mean? Man. I got yeah. stuck up for my sheepdog, man. That's what? what really that's what really taught me the game after that. Because I'm 14 years old and I'm flyer than niggas twice my age. Mm-hmm. So niggas, you know, niggas got me. Yeah. But niggas, even at 14, niggas stuck a hammer to my head when he took my sheepdog. And but I, like I said, I respect it. It was part of my process of learning of how the game is played and how niggas get down and how to be. So later, when it turned into some other shit, I understand and I know how to get down with it. Hmm. But the sheepdog was serious to me. I think I love that coat more than any other coat ever in hip hop, even more than the polo goose, man. Get the what? fuck out of here. Yeah, it was that monumental. How much the- did that shit cost back then? Sheepdogs like $150, $200. That's a lot of money back then. Back then, yeah, that was But then you get the hat. You get the hat to go with it. The mittens, you, you said. You get the mittens. Mm-hmm. And like, yo, niggas just snatch a nigga sheepdog hat off of the train. Like when the doors close and you know how that window open. <sighs> niggas would snatch the hats like that. But that was a real big coat for hip hop. Go watch Crush Groove. Go watch, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Go watch B Street. Everybody got the sheepdog on. Go watch Wild Style. You know what I mean? You'll mm. see how important that coat was to hip hop. Mm. Like that was one of the biggest coats in hip hop period. You know what I mean? At that time. That was equivalent to the shell toe. You know how much mm. the shell toe meant to hip hop? Yes. The shell toe was the biggest sneaker besides the suede puma. Mm. But the, when the shell toe started popping, it dominated everywhere. You know what I mean? The shell toe Adidas. That shit was equivalent to the white uptown right now. I think it was bigger than it was that because Run DMC really, you know what I mean? Yeah, they, they took they, it on they the took platform. They took that shit yeah. worldwide. They, they took it worldwide, but yeah. they didn't give it to New York. They got it from New they, York. Mm. It's not like they put New York on. They was doing what New York was doing. Facts. You know what I mean? So, But they did spread it to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how we rock it. This the shell toe, the no laces or the fat laces. You never tied your shit. When you have a fight, your shoe is over there type, you know what I mean? Like, the, mm. the shell toe was serious, man. Even back in the days when your shit got all beat up, you dyed them with the shoe dye. Mm. You turned them mm. from white to black. Now you could rock it a couple of months more, you know what I mean? Niggas that, was doing that with their wallabies when we, when we was younger. The wallabies the is from back the then also. Yeah, I know. So that's from Clarks. that era. Clarks. Yep. The yeah. Clarks are from that era. My first pair of Clarks is from a motherfucking Medicaid card. It's an orthopedic shoe. My mother took me to the foot doctor Said I'm flat footed, you need orthopedic <laughs> shoes, and your Medicaid card paid for your clocks, nigga. What? what? I, yo, get the fuck out. That's 
Word to my mother. That's ill. That's, that's different. That was some real shit back then. That's man. crazy. Right, so from Far Rock to Brownsville. How you get to Brownsville from Far Rock? Real as shit. My mother was always on the methadone. She was in the methadone clinic, as far as I can remember. You know, my mom was a heroin addict and all that. So any place we live had to be close to the methadone clinic because they go in there every day like a job That's a fact. every morning. So, you know, my mom's was bidding probably in early 80s, and I got sent to Miami because I'm a Miami nigga too, not from right now, from back and forth all my <clears> life. So I lived in Miami, and when my mom's, she applied for some cribs in Brownsville, and when she was on a waiting list, and when she came out from that last bid, her crib was ready in Brownsville. So we moved, and we only moved there because it wasn't that far from the methadone clinic. Mm. You know what I mean? That's just the facts. And so that's how that whole transition started, because my mom's was loyal to that shit like every other you know, method on purpose. This is something mm-hmm. they need. It's mm-hmm. not no game. Necessity. Yep, this is a physical addiction. Your body will not function without it type of shit. Mm-hmm. So that's what took us to Brownsville, to be close to that. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So, mm-hmm. right, <clears throat> being a Puerto Rican nigga in Brownsville at that time, I'm sure it wasn't too many Puerto Rican niggas in Brownsville on that side with the with the homies. Yeah. Not deep like that. Right. Not deep like that. How How... How was that transition? I know that had to be a challenge within, within oh, itself. Nah. You know I was, what I mean? I was a target at first. You know what I mean? From the beginning. I'm the nigga targeted. Uh, I'm Puerto Rican. I'm pussy. Mm. So niggas going to test me first. And, you know, I remember sitting in the barbershop and I'm just eating a piece and a nigga walk in. He go to the counter or his barbershop and say, big pussy. Man, what the fuck I did? I'm just sitting in here eating a pizza. Mm. But I'm pussy automatic because I'm lighter. You know, I was young, mm-hmm. and I ain't have my credentials yet. I ain't earned my stripes. I ain't do none of that. I love Brownsville, man, because it gave me all of that. All them little challenges and things that happened, that's what really built me and helped me to be who I am today, man. So I can't say it was a bad thing mm-hmm. because I look at how these kids grow up now with no struggle, no no bullying, no nothing. My kids, their lives are nothing like that, and Word. they buzzy. I look at my son like I tell my son every day, you pussy, nigga. I don't know what you're doing. You pussy. You ain't never been telling you, you everywhere you go, you either got your mother, your father, your uncle, you got somebody and your life is good. You don't even know what that struggle's about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But Brownsville breeds people like that, man. It makes you strong. Once you get past that, being tested and all that, and you establish, it's a beautiful community. It's right. a beautiful place. All the people are beautiful. You're able to bond. You see the riches in it. You know what I mean? You're able to walk through every project, go hang with niggas here, niggas over there. You're, once once you become official, you love where you at. That's and you fact. embrace it and, and and you let the whole world know, y'all pussy now because right. this is how we built over here. Because, yo, Brownsville nigga feel everywhere is pussy to him. Not mm. facts. Every Brownsville nigga... Tyson feel that way? Nah, yeah, I was just about to say that. Shannon all, Briggs you know, all feel the, that way? All the boxes come yep. from Brownsville Facts. in New York City. The, yeah, a lot of every, tough niggas every, come oh, out of look, Brownsville. Mike Tyson, Zab Judah, Danny Jacobs, and Riddick Bo. And Shannon Briggs. Mm-hmm. And Shannon Briggs. Mm-hmm. I grew up with Shannon. Shannon, Shannon came Cannon, from Shannon my projects Cannon. as well. Mm-hmm. Get him, champ. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's go, champ. Let's go, champ. Right. Everybody from Brownsville. So so this is, this is uh, Brownsville circa 84, 85, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so you did your first bid in 86. Mm-hmm. 
What? How did you even get in? How did you get locked up? Um, eighty six. I had went. My mom's tried to get me out of Brownsville and send me back to Miami. Uh, she wanted me out. Shit was going down already at an early age. And when I went to Miami, my grandparents sent me back in thirty days. Right? <laughs> and before I left, I sold all my coats and all that because I was supposed to go live there forever. Mm-hmm. I wasn't supposed to come back. That's a fact. And when I came back, I ain't have a coat, and it was winter. So you know, my man's came and got at me and was like, "You ain't got no coat. Nigga. Let's go get some. Let's go get a coat. Let's go get some." And we went to Wingate High School. Hmm. You know, and it's like in I'm not sure if it's Flatbush or. But we went and robbed some niggas in the schoolyard for the coat early in the motherfucking morning. Got on the train, 7.30, drinking a bottle of Cisco, and ah, ready for everything. <laughs> to go rob somebody. You know about the Cisco. Of course. Nah, but we I was hard body with the Cisco back then, but I caught a bit from that, robbing niggas in the, in the high school. You know, I robbed some dudes. We took the Leather V Bombers, the ones Run DMC were wearing on the uh-huh, Raising Hell uh-huh, shit. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It was those Leather V Bombers that, you know. Choked the nigga out and all that. And I'm a Brownsville nigga, so I, I can't really run like that. So I got caught a couple of blocks away, police car coming, bagged the nigga. So mm. that's what led me to my first bit, you know? Mm, mm. Nigga went to go rob a nigga because he was cold. This is the 80s. That's, <clears throat> this is not robbing. That's, you know I mean? this that's is, this not is out nece- of no bullshit. Yeah. Nigga, this is like, uh, yeah, this is necessity. I'm going to be, yeah, I'm not going to be the one cold, nigga. Type <laughs> shit. Like, and, my, nigga. And, and my man's, my man Disco, my man Haswood with me. They wasn't trying to see me cold. It's like, let's go, nigga. Fuck that. Let's go. My man Disco <clears throat> used to go to Wingate High School. So he figured it's a target. That's the target spot. I, we could get some niggas up in there, son. Mm. And then it was his birthday that day. That's why we was drinking a Cisco on the train early in the morning. He <laughs> was drinking Cisco on the train. <laughs> to go catch a Vic. To go catch a Vic. And yo, back, then, back then, you could drink a 40 on the train, all that, as long as mm. you had a bag on it. As mm. long as you covered it up, you could be there the whole motherfucking ride like this. And the police won't say. If police saw you drinking and you ain't have bag, they just come up and you say, yo, put a skirt, put a skirt on, on it. it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That was it. It's crazy. That's crazy. Right. So, you know, <clears throat> you mentioned to me your first bid was with the late Black Rob. Now, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, this is Rob a Brownsville nigga Rob and this is a Harlem nigga. How, like, how y'all niggas ran into, I mean, you know, not even how y'all niggas ran into each other, but give me that whole rundown. I mean, Rob was there. Rob was a light even back then. Rob was rapping back then already. Mm. He the nigga who be in the back banging on the locker, kicking rhymes, telling stories for everybody. And the nigga was a crazy fucking comedian. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, a massive comedian. He joked all day. He was mad skinny. He had a big head back then. He danced. You know what I mean? He would do all these funny things, but he would rhyme. And, you know, his name was Robbio. When I first seen him on the locks, 24 Hours to Live joint, Mm -hmm. And I saw the video and I'm like, oh shit, that's my nigga Robbio. And but he before his raps was funny and com- more comedic yeah, than yeah. anything else. And now his raps was a little different that mm-hmm. I ain't, you know, that I ain't know. But Rob was that nigga, man. He was funny as a motherfucker. And, you know, on that same bit, I met a lot of dudes that became legendary after the bit. Some niggas made it to America's Most Wanted. Uh my nigga Loose Joint. I don't know if you ever heard of Loose Joint. He's 
fucking legendary dancer for Michael Jackson, Remember the Time video, Mariah Carey, Janet Jackson. Mm -hmm. So Loose Joint became something big, and he was dancing there. He was practicing every day, even while we locked up. My man Bosco from East New York. Half of the dudes I met there are still my friends till today. You know when I mean? did you meet Rack Low? Rack Low, Rack, I grew up with Rack's uncles and his, you know, his grandmother's house. His grandmother's house was right next to mine. Mm. So I grew up with his aunts and uncles and stuff. His uncle house is one of the dudes who actually made me uh uh Tough uh. Nah, but he showed me how to rob everybody. Oh, like, rob everybody. Like, <laughs> you know, Brownsville, nigga, they don't rob one nigga. They rob every everybody. Like, if you get on the train, you rob everybody from the last car all the way to the first car. Mm. My nigga house used to take me to the deuce, the Times Square, for the ball drop. Mm. And that, and those times, you go there to rob. You go there to dig pockets. You go you go there to brawl. You go to do all that. And you know, he he his name was House. So you know what House meant back in the exactly. day. Like house and shit. Nigga. Taking your shit. Yeah, you know what I mean? So I met right through his family, man. His aunts, his aunt Becca, you know, who's who's my family as well. And that's how I met Rack, because he was a little kid in their house. Mm. You know, when I started seeing he moved in like years, years later. I've known them forever, like living there, I eat over there. You know, I hung out with them for all kinds of shit. House was the dude who actually named me Gucci. Back in 86. My name was Gucci first. Mm. You know, even when I did the biz with Robbie, with Robbie O and all that, everybody called me Gucci. Even when they see me today, they still call me Gucci. You was one of the niggas that had Gucci on in, in jail. Yeah. Yeah. How the fuck you put that off? You gotta be tough to have Gucci on in jail, my nigga. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it uh, brother, 100 no. with you, brother. What type of time you Yo, was on? Bro, what type, and there yeah, with Gucci on in the, the joint and Rikers, nigga. Back then, nigga. Nah, I was on some. Respectable shit to everybody. I respect the That's the I respect, I respect it. I, I'm not here. I'm not. I respect everybody. I treat everybody decent. Jail is the place where you learn the most manners in your life. Mm -hmm. If you don't have no motherfucking manners and you go to jail, you coming out with all kind of manners that you never have because you ain't got no choice. Mm -hmm. You better have manners. Jail is full of an equal amount of good people as it is bad people. Still full here. Still full over there. So you're gonna meet both. It's it's a balance, just like out here in life. It ain't all bad. There's a lot of positive, righteous motherfuckers that there, and they're gonna teach you shit. They're gonna give you the lessons, the jewels, and all that. You know. So I always conducted myself like that. I'm not in here trying to be no Debo. I'm. I just want what's mine. I want my shit respected, and I'ma hold it down. There's times you get tested, you gotta prove it and shit like that. So. I mean, when I, when I had the Gucci sneakers in jail, I ain't had one pair. I had every color. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, niggas don't know that. <laughs> and you see the the flicks is all over Instagram. That's a fact. It's all over Instagram. You see every flavor, me in different pictures with the greens on, state greens, whatever. Every different color Gucci sneaker you can imagine. High top, low top, polo sneakers on the island, big uni sweaters. The big crown robes up north. I had cookie pillowcases up north. Shit like that. That's crazy. And a lot of niggas never even seen that in jail. Like, I even seen a lot of lowlifes come through and rep hard and, like, really decorate their cells, decorate their cubicles and shit like that. But oh, my shit was always low. I had wall-to-wall -wall carpet in my shit. My moms would mail me fucking... 
the bathroom rugs, but she'll send me four of them. So I could put the whole, make my whole shit rugged out. So you got to take off your shoes and all that when you walk in my shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> my nigga was poorly in there, you heard? Yeah, but I was never on no tough guy shit, son. That mm-hmm. wasn't, I, I'm just, I always, you know what you do? I always consider, I, you, like if you ever heard my music, you never hear me say, Thug, that's a fact. Gangsta. I always consider myself a regulate. I'm a regulate the situation of what it is. I don't gotta be no motherfucking thug. I'm not here screaming gangsta. I'm, not, I'm just gonna regulate. You know. Yeah. Was it true as a low head? Was it true that you had to steal your shit and not buy your shit? Like you was looked at I mean, as a corn yes. bowl. If you if you bought your shit, you was looked at yes as a corn and no. Because a lot of niggas bought shit. I bought shit. Yeah. I didn't steal everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't start off stealing everything. Right. I just got fly. I didn't steal none of my Adidas suits and right. Puma suits and shit like that. But for a lot of low niggas, yeah, that was the qualification. You can't be down with a lot of niggas, certain niggas, if you wasn't coming to steal or rock. Matter of fact, some niggas didn't even know how to do that, so other niggas are going to bag you up first. You're going to be a bag man. We're going to walk in the store. Somebody going to give you the bag. They're going to fill it up, and you got to walk out with the mm-hmm. bag. So that was a lot of uh, initiation for motherfuckers being a bag man before they even learned how to steal. Me, myself, I was not an everyday booster. I did everything. So it's like my focus is not just boosting. Yeah, I caught my wreck here and there. I did mad rushes. I did this and that. But it was never my full focus to just boost. You know what I mean? I let y'all niggas go boosting and wait for you to come back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I need some of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's how a lot of this, a lot of dudes did it like that, you know, because, and some niggas love you. They just hitting you off yeah, on GP. Facts. They love you. And they know if niggas fuck with you, you gon' they gonna, gonna hold them down. Gonna hold them down. So they're right. gonna always bless you. Right. So getting into that, right? Um, taking low out of Macy's. What was the other spots y'all niggas was running into other than Macy's that had the low? Everything. Everywhere. Yeah, right. because it didn't start with just the low, son. It's, niggas, it started with other shit. It started with whatever. It started with potato chips and sodas. and <laughs> it, it was to that extent. Like, niggas stole everything. I stole 40s. I was an old go-ass nigga, so I'm throwing 40s down my legs. Two on this side, two on this side. You got the baggy pants. You got the Tims. You got the, the long johns in your sock or sweatpants. Yep. You know, we in New York. It's sweatpants under your pants. So we stole 40s, you know, so everything didn't just start with the low. With the the low, low came later for everything, even the How staff. late? How late? Like, what's this, 90, 92, 93? No, no, 80s, man. Oh, okay, okay, man, okay. Well, okay. Our okay, history so as far going, as low life is right. 80s, 80s. Mid-80s, 85, 86, because the fashion was evolving, right? So it's an evolution of the fashion. So we talking sheepskins, puma suits, Dita suits, shell toes, all that. Even Bally competition, that's 85. Bally's is 85. 85, sure. the suede Bally shoes, mm-hmm. all of that. Clark Wallabies. Mm-hmm. Uh, even way before that is uh, the fucking British Walkers. British Walkers. You know yeah. what I mean? So the evolution came because after the Dita suits and all that, and Lee suits, then here comes Isaiah Lacoste. Here comes Benetton. Here comes Lacoste. Here comes Pierre Cardin sweatsuit. And Fee. Fee from 85 on. Fee was dominating Brooklyn. Fila shit. Fila the laws, shit. Right, right. the sneakers. Yeah. To me, Fila was the first sneaker you saw that was $80. Mm. Niggas sneakers wasn't $80 yet. 
Mm. Them fees was fifty to eighty dollars. That was bread back. Mm. And New Balance, New Balance in eighty four and eighty five was fifty dollars and better. Mm. And remember, even the shelters and all that was thirty something dollars back then. Pumas was thirty thirty two dollars, and you're getting a pair for that price. Mm. So the evolution started from eighty six on, changing Benetton, Coca Cola, uh, the gas. All that, and then the low. Once the low hit from '86 on, it just it took over. Took over by '87. That shit was dominating, but the whole fucking Brooklyn. You know mm. what I mean? It just wasn't in our square and our circle. This is the whole Brooklyn now. And now niggas by '88 is dangerous. Everybody wants your shit now. You're low, niggas robbing niggas' houses for, for anything the low. for the low, nigga. Cleaning mm. you out, your man. Your man is cleaning you out. A Brownsville niggas do it to each other. But that's what make you thorough because you get it to the point where a nigga know not to do it to you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But a Brownsville nigga is going to teach you that, especially if you his friend. That's That's a fucked up way of showing friendship, but it's motherfucking real. They help make you strong. Hmm. That's like a steel sharp and steel moment right there. That's crazy. Who, who are some? Uh, can I ask? Yeah, of course. Who are some of the low heads you respect right now? I mean, I know you respect everybody who do their thing. That's carrying the torch the right way. You just answered my question. That's it. I respect anybody living it, pushing the culture forward, and showing real love and loyalty. Because that's where we at now. That was our transition, becoming love and loyalty from low life to love and loyalty. Because that was because of the test of time gave us love and loyalty. My best friends from 83 is still my best friend today. Mm. All of them. Not many motherfuckers can say that. No matter where I live, that's still my best friend. Shout out to them. Yep. Word. Still in my lighter. Still in your lighter, nah. nigga. One of, one of my homies just asked me how you felt when they started uh, re-releasing a lot of the polo sport mm. shit mm. that was grail back in the day. They re-released everything because of my book. My book was the reason all of that was re-released. Because Ralph Lauren's company never did retro ever the entire career until Bury Me With The Low On dropped. Mm-hmm. And that was their blueprint to bring everything back. But now they seeing and acknowledging not just a culture, a motherfucking religion. Facts. And that's, I felt good. Hmm. I'm in that book too. Thank yep, you. Yep, okay. yep. Def, me and them is definitely yep. in that book. Yep, you know I had to shout you out. I told my man, yo, you gotta go see them, get mm-hmm. them flicks. Mm-hmm. Because y'all rep the culture, man. And y'all helping to push shit forward. And like I said, man, I stand on the righteous square right now. I don't care about nothing else but living righteous, pushing positivity and, and going that direction and teaching that. Not just to each other and our peers, but especially these these young boys and all that, man. That's mm-hmm. important to me, man, because People stepped in and helped me like that at some point. And that's why I'm here. That's why I had a transition. Because other people fucking turned on the switch in my head mm. to know, to open my mind and things like that. So all they asked me to do was do it for somebody else too. You know? So that's what I did. And that's all I'm trying to do right now, even with our culture. That's why we allow everybody in. Because it's a culture. This shit ain't to be pigeon in hell like, yo, this mine, only mine, fuck that. You can't rap this shit. This is for everybody, man. Hmm, right. What was the most coveted piece <clears throat> back then 
that y'all had to get y'all hands on? One of those pieces that thousands of pieces, man. What, what was the first piece that went on the craze for y'all that that sent y'all on a mission? Like we got to go find this. I mean, the big crowns, like the big shits, the blow anything that was a blow up symbol. That was that's what niggas wanted, cause that's how you shut everybody else down. You might have on your crown hat and your crown, but when I show up with a big crown, you just bow down and leave it alone. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> nah, even with the cross flags, for me, I was big into the cross flags heavy. So when the cross flags came out, I needed everything cross flag, especially the big shit. Every the bigger the symbol, the more you shutting shit down. Back then, that's how. We really rock, you know what I mean? Like that's how you shitting, cause your man is your worst competition. When we roll, nobody nowhere could fuck with us. But my man might be able to <coughs> shut me down. The niggas in my circle is the niggas I gotta compete against mm. on who's really the flyest shit. Hmm, hmm. It's it's safe to say that, in my humble opinion, the lows. The lows made Ralph Lauren bigger than what Ralph Lauren actually was. Not Ralph Lauren the person, but Ralph Lauren the brand. Um, fast forward into you know running in them spots and and, and getting y'all's whether it was whatever, but specifically the low because this is the culture that I grew up, you know, doing history about and gaining history and learning that the people that's a part of this right. How pissed off was Ralph Lauren and them during that time when y'all was running in the spots? Or was they even pissed off? Did they look at that as marketing, you think? Like, they, fast forward to right now, like... It was forced to. They learned from it. Mm. They learned what was hot. They mm. saw what was being stolen, and they manufactured more of that. Mm. That was their fucking way of... Their marketing strategies of knowing what's going on. You know what I mean? And... They always had insurance, man. That shit never affected them. It's <laughs> the truth, man. Right, 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 right. But they definitely learned and they saw, man. They definitely analyzed everything we did, man. You know? Mm. So I don't think nobody was mad. Mm. Especially to this day. Like, you know, they embrace the culture now. Nigga, the you company, was with Ralph. Mm -hmm. You might got some pieces Ralph ain't That's got crazy. at this point. Ralph be giving me shit straight from the closet now, so it's different. It's crazy. Yeah, I get those packages. Ralph done sent me flowers to my house, son. Damn. With notes and all that and, and, you know, saying thank you and acknowledging the culture and saying, you know, he sent me a note one time that said he knew how important it was to attach my story to his story and the brand story and the whole low life story in one. And and they did exactly that, man. And mm. just for them to acknowledge Ralph comes from what we come from. Ralph is yeah, New York. Ralph is from I the Bronx. Ralph Lifshitz is from the Bronx. Polo, Polo Ralph Lauren is a New York thing. Yep. And Ralph comes from the hood. Facts. From the ghetto. From Facts. poverty. He's somebody Bronx, who built this bro. shit. So he's That's the American crazy. the American dream story like like you, mm -hmm. like me. You know, we came from the ashes, man, and we made something out of nothing. And that's what he did. So hmm. that's why we all here right now. That's some real New York that's shit. That's some real New York shit. Yep. That's a fact. Yo, what was it like getting the first call from Ralph? Like him embracing you? Like what 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 went through your mind when he reached out to you? Well, I actually got reached out from <clears throat> the director of Very Ralph, 
uh, named Susan Lacey. And she told me she would like to include me in the documentary for Very Ralph. And, you know, she explained to me what she was doing and, you know, what I could bring to the table. She wanted to hear my story and share it. So I didn't meet Ralph till after that. You know, once everything was said and done, then they put us together. Mm. When I met Ralph, I met his whole family. Mm. His wife, I met his brother, I met his son, his his you know daughter-in-law, his other son, and I, I I hung with everybody. I took pictures with everybody and shit like that. <laughs> and everybody knew who I was on a major scale, and they showed me love. Yo, I felt. I remember me and his son David took a picture, right? And I, and I seen it on the internet, and somebody posted it, like, and somebody wrote, uh, "Ralph Lorenz, two sons." Under the in one of the comments, ah. you know what I mean. But to see to be acknowledged like that, they automatically included me within the family, like like I belonged there. You know what I mean? That felt felt good, man. Who are your top five low heads? I mean, my sister ain't nobody fucking with her. Mm. She the beast. My sister and her husband. <laughs> like you know, I dressed my sister. Her name Sita. Mm -hmm. I dressed her from a little girl, and she's my son. I call her son. Mm -hmm. That's my name for her because she's my son. I always laced her up mm -hmm. the way I lay. Bless her with everything. Now I go to her. Sita, you find me something. Hook me up with an outfit or get this for me, and Sita come through. Like that's what she do. You know what I mean? So my sister's up there, but. As far as in the culture, because there's a lot of different levels to That's it. That's a fact. There's people in industry within the culture. There's uh, like Sadat is one of them. He's been a major representative holding that flag everywhere he Wasn't goes. Fab a low head? Fab a Brooklyn nigga. He wore a lot of low. Yeah. he. I mean, Fab is known to have run with low lifes, you know? You know, respect to him and all that. But he didn't carry it and push it in his music or right. say any or really mention it to help us bring it here at the same time. Vado. Vado wore a lot of rugby. Vado is from Harlem too, yeah, right? That's mm -hmm. my brother. That's Big love. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, like I said before, man, I respect everybody doing it. I don't sit here and yo, y'all niggas yeah, can't do this. Yo, embrace. We got a big community. I'm just talking about yo, you, you the big LO. Yeah, but it's like as far as the founders and yeah, all. Yeah, I need, now, I some need of these those niggas names. Is, I need those names. Oh, Boosting Billy, man. He's the okay. greatest. A lot of people consider him the greatest because nobody could still like this motherfucker. Boosting Billy. Yeah, I've been in stores with him where the lady's helping us, showing us, and he's stealing in her face, and she don't even see it going on. And I'm talking about full-length leathers and shit folding up in the bitch's face while she's showing him shit and coming out with it. And he also being thorough because I seen that nigga cut somebody with an axe. <laughs> A <laughs> uh, fucking axe. What kind of Brooklyn? Yo, I ain't know. I don't. Yo, I still to this day don't he, know where the axe he came in from. There? He's what's in there. I'm not sure. I, I I'm not sure what he was. But Boosting Billy was one of the greatest. Um, Billy, yeah, Boosting Billy. My, my nigga Beck Live was one of the greatest. Frankie Boo, one of the greatest ever. Because you know they didn't just do the low, they were thorough, and that's what really helped. Carry the name and for everybody to respect it. You know, Big Boo, my man Disco, my man Has, 
You know, there's so many names, man. I could be here forever. And mm. pardon me to everybody who I... Nah, they There's love no that. way I can say mm -hmm. everybody's name. There's mm -hmm. so many of my man, Bar Kim. My man, Bar Kim, was from Queens. He was a Queens Southside nigga. But um, he, I used to work at a messenger service. So I used to be a dispatcher. Mm. So I used to recruit niggas from the messenger service. The same, I met Bar Kim at my messenger service. And he was a Queens nigga. He came to hang out one weekend with me in Brownsville, and he never left. That nigga moved in, and but that nigga was no different than any other Brownsville. He was the grimiest, you know what <laughs> I mean? So he was another one of them dudes that really helped establish some respect. Like, you know, when you put the respect on niggas' names, because we hit the clubs, we hit the movie theaters, we hit the deuce. I don't know how many of y'all really got to play the deuce like that. Nah, we, we played the deuce. We, 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 we was the last, the last of the deuce. Yeah, we was the last of the era yeah, of the deuce. They we shut went the out deuce there. down after, after We us. went to go chase bitches. Yeah, we went to yeah, go battle yeah. rap. We went to, you after know After that mean? girl got shot. Torrin got shot in that, in that arcade. In that barcade yeah, shit. Yeah, it was yeah. over after that. Yeah. Oh, we used to flip those arcades. Yeah. Like, big brawls in the arcades walking through there. Yeah, that, that, shit, all that shit was real. That shit was Deuce, real. Even for the girls, man. That's where we found all the girls. That's mm -hmm. why we went to the Deuce, because the girls was from Long Island, mm -hmm. Jersey, Connecticut, Brooklyn, Queen. You had everything. everybody. Yeah. Every hood was on the Deuce, too. You know what I mean? Every Deuce from New York. Every hood from New York was on the Deuce. Hmm. Mm. Ellie. Right, so <clears throat> outside of, you know, being into the graffiti culture, being into the breakdancing culture, being into... Fashion, you're also a great rapper. Thank you. And and you lived in an era where MCing was very very important. And I'm a speaker this one, um, this one circuit of uh people, the lyricist lounge. Um, that shit was hard. Being a part of the lyricist lounge. Shout out to Perry Landisberg. Perry Landisberg oh. is one of my good friends. Perry. Perry. Tell Perry to holler at me. I ain't hear from him in a minute. Man. I'm gonna I'm gonna call him once we get off. Perry <laughs> yeah. is one of my good friends. I he actually um I got my first music check from fucking from Perry. Perry. Wow. From Perry fucking good dude, man. from um ringtones. Because yeah, he was handling ringtones at the time and we was doing jingles and he let me control the whole thing and he always spoke highly of you. Wow. Lyricist Lounge. That's why I didn't... I never told you that name wow. until now because yeah, I wanted yeah. a genuine I, reaction. Yeah. Right. Being a part of Lyricist Lounge, what was that like during that time? Yeah. Uh, for me, man, it was it was my school. Hmm. Because I, when I started, I was a brand new rapper. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like, I'm a hip-hop fiend, right? I live, I live the, and study the culture from his birth. But I didn't start being a rapper until the late 90s. So when I started rapping, I met the Lyricist Lounge people immediately. Like a month after I'm rapping, I met Danny Castro, met Aunt Marshall, you know, Blue Davis. I met Perry. I met Jake Septimus. I don't know if you know Jake. Mm -mm. But they was he was also one of the partners in the team. So um, that's where I really got to get around other MCs and be sharpening my skills because mm. I'm not a rap nigga. My flow might be a little off, but I'm hungry as a motherfucker. So the more I was around everybody, all we did was cipher. So if it's 20 niggas, and anytime I cipher, I don't rhyme with you. I'm battling you. Mm -hmm. I'm attacking you. I'm coming at you, and I don't give a fuck. And if it's 20 of y'all, 
coming that old 20. <laughs> everybody is telling that shit. Every, yeah, everybody. Because it's the same like when you rob a nigga. You're not going to rob one nigga. That, you rob everybody that's there. So it was the same mentality when you when you rapping. You know what I mean? Right. I approach everybody like that. Even back then, you know, I used to go to the tunnel a lot. And when I started rapping, I never went in the tunnel no more. Mm. But I went to the tunnel every week. And I stood outside. And I waited for niggas to come. Everybody. And I made niggas battle me. I had my Jeep out there, system, back door open. Anybody who came, I stepped to their business. And I'm not letting you walk away either. You know what I mean? You're going to battle me. You're going to rhyme. I battle everybody. Who's some notable niggas you battle from back then? I battle Pudgy. I battle Buster. Uh, I, I done went at it with... Onyx, Fredro, even 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 that's the first time me and Tragedy was out there going at it one night. That's hard on some rhyme shit. I'm, I stepped to Melly Mel, nigga. Melly Mel, bro. What? Come on, bro. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yo, I'm, my name is Thurston. So <laughs> that means everybody. Like so that, but at the same time, I love and respect these niggas. That's why I'm stepping up. I need to prove myself and. I need to make sure I'm that nigga for real. So if you could shut me down, then that means I got to go home and get my shit. It wasn't nobody. I stepped to Rob, man. All due respect. I stepped to Rob as well. You know what I mean? And when I stepped to Rob, yeah, he, he came to the side with me and he let me spit first. And he was like, yeah, that shit is cool. Brother. You know, that shit is nice. He ain't spit back or nothing. But it still was, I stepped on some battle shit. Like, I'm coming at you. You know, that was always my mentality because I'm a battle Break dancer. I'm about to everything in hip hop. That's what's always me, man. Hmm. Do you feel Puerto Ricans get they just doing hip hop? To be honest with you, because Puerto Ricans was there from the beginning. We started. The, Puerto Ricans are the co creators of hip hop. Talk your shit. I mean, platform. Let me hear something. I feel like we get our just due because we acknowledge, but we don't get acknowledged with all the great Puerto Ricans. We have as MCs, you know what I mean? Like, like pun is our king, right? Mm-hmm. But they don't let nobody else have a status like that, even mm-hmm. after pun. Nobody. I, I think Joe got a status like that, but not like pun. <clears throat> not like nah, pun. Nah, pun is immortal. His I mean, skill, Joe. Joe's the man. Joe's yeah, the man. His skill level is ridiculous. Joe is. But, but, but Joe, 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 like Joe had a hit record since '92. Yeah, but no, every year, every year from like '92. Yeah, but but yeah, the culture right. cares about your skills more than your than your hits. Can Joe do? But not can that's Joe, true. Joe but I feel like he got did? skills can too. Can Joe do what Kiss did? Yeah, I think Pine he can could. do that. Yeah, nah, but, I don't think Joe. Come on, look, bro. look, look. Listen, I'm listen, not gonna listen, do the Joe. Listen, the listen, man. listen. Not, no, 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 no. But niggas. you gotta understand what I'm saying. Longevity and having records and being an MC, as you see, will get oh, you. Oh, he's the hottest. Yeah, he so so longevity alone. Longevity alone. He's gonna be able to last. He probably got anybody. the best career. His hip hop got a long. He got and, a long and, career. And as a Puerto Rican, let me. Yo. My, my, you know, I respect. I don't know Joe personally. Never rocked with him. Nothing like that. The main thing about me as a Puerto Rican, I respect Joe because he walked through and nobody could say he's pussy. Mm. He mm. walked through like Facts. this is me. This is what I do. It's whatever. And I always admired that because he represents. He represented us properly. Mm. That's what the fuck we is. You know That's what I mean? Fact. But from the same sense of, I don't put Joe and Pun in the same category. Mm. 
My name is Thurston Howell, the skillionaire. Skills is first to me. I don't give a fuck about what you're wearing, how many albums you sold, what hit you got. Your skills is where I give you my status and my um rate rankings and shit. Like, he didn't have that for me. He mm. represented hits, showed the culture, consistency, longevity, but nobody ever seen him like pun. Even to where, look at Joel Ortiz. Love Joel Ortiz. Like, that's a skill. Why Joel Ortiz isn't being acknowledged in the same way? Like, his skill level is mm-hmm. ridiculous. I feel mm-hmm. that way about Bodega Bams. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, and that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm going to always give niggas they ranking according to their skill. Mm-hmm. For me, his skill's first, still. Like, well, Ra. Ra got it because his skill. Whether mm-hmm. niggas like what he do or whatever. But the culture is going to always rate you according to your skill. The mainstream is going to rate you according to your sales, your popularity, but the culture is going to go with skills first. That's a fact. Now, Dipset had more hits than locks. There you go. It was a performance. It was an MC thing. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, they wasn't prepared. Skills they, they, yeah, won skills the battle. Skills won that battle. Not your hit, yeah. not your Grammy. Skills won the battle. For me, it's skills first. I'm still mm-hmm. all about skills. My first album called Skillionaire, second album, Skillosopher. Third album, Serial Skiller, Skillitary, huh. License to Skill, Skilligan's Island. I'm about to drop Thought Skillustrated. I got the Skillerman Jawa <laughs> album ready because for me, it's still skills first, and I don't care. And much love to Fat Joe. I love and respect what he's done because he represented me as a Puerto Rican. Mm. You know what I mean? And he held his head fucking high. Who's some, who, who's some of the Puerto Ricans you looked up to growing up? In New York oh, City. I'm from the... Oh, from, oh, growing up in New York City, you I know already, I'm going to say Jesus. You know I'm going to say Supreme Magnetic. Okay. You know I'm going to say Rap. You know what I mean? It's a lot of Puerto Ricans that lived amongst black brothers mm-hmm. in the black culture, mm-hmm. but established their respect there. 100%. Even like, I didn't grow up in a Puerto Rican environment, you know? I wasn't around that many Puerto Ricans living in Brownsville. Even when I would go to jail, you know, everybody I knew in jail was black from Brownsville. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't caught up in the in, in the racial shit. Mm-hmm. I can't be. That's not who I am. You know what I mean? I never got caught up in that shit. Real, and it exists it. like a motherfucker. OD. Mm-hmm. Man. <clears throat> so, right. I want to get, I want to continue the skill shit going because I think I'm going to name this episode Skill Your Near Roll. Wow, wow. Mm. I mean, that's hard. That's hard. Right. So, so, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's for the family. That's for the family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's for the family. Right. So, you was in the Rap Olympics with one of the greatest rappers of all time as your partner. I'm going to let you reveal that goat that we're talking about right yeah, now. Eminem. Eminem. Let me tell you something crazy, man. Story's crazy. Eminem used to come to Brownsville and chill in my crib and rhyme all night. He used to come to Brownsville. They said Eminem used to do that. Come to Brownsville, Jersey, son. all that. It's crazy. We would go, me and Eminem, I remember me and him broke, walking through Bed-Stuy, scraping up our bread to get a little bottle together because we going to record this joint at DJ Spinner's house <laughs> type shit. Eminem had a check he got paid, but we went to the liquor store to see if they cash it. You know what I mean? That's crazy. And the truth, man, I could never, I could never sit here and never say that boy don't deserve or 
didn't have the skill or potential to do and become what he became. Hmm. He loved it, man. He loved his shit. That's hmm. what makes niggas great. You got to love it more than the next motherfucker. I love this shit. So I know nobody going to be better than me because I love it more than you. It's like, how how much do you love your girl, right? If I love your girl more than I'm going to fuck her better than you. And that's mm -hmm. how I look at hip-hop. I'm going to mm. fuck this bitch better than you. So you want to keep her? Then you better fuck her right. Because mm. if not, talk your shit. let me come in the room. Better talk your shit. <laughs> but that's real shit, though. Yeah. Oh, Go, my yeah, yeah. So, right, so continuing the whole lyricist lounge raucous era, right? Putting out music during that time, sharpening your skill, becoming one of those guys that you know, when another when another rapper seen you, they already knew what time that was. What was it like surviving during that era? And continuing to be a fly nigga because all of that shit coincided within itself. I feel like, you know, your background and your culture already spoke for itself. So becoming an MC, all that shit just made it just a, a bigger pie. You know what I mean? <laughs> How was that transition and putting those things together and, you know, Becoming Thurston Howard III, the MC. I think it was natural. When I started rapping, it felt like the resurrection of my breakdancing. Mm. Because when I was breakdancing, I was a fiend. I didn't mm. want to do nothing else. I practiced five, six hours a day, every day. And I'm a little kid disciplined to do that. I make sure I master every move. You know, I'm going to really be on my job. So when I started rapping, it was pretty natural. It was just, I believe it was what was meant to be. You know what I mean? Because I, I gave it the same attention and approach immediately. As soon as I started rap, I didn't even know I could rap like that. You know what I mean? But once I saw that I had it, it was a rap. I'm going at it hard. I'm on it. I'm studying it. I'm, I bought a four track. You know, I started off like that. Because when I went in the studio for the first time, as soon as I left the studio... Oh, I want to fix this. I want to change this vocal. I want to do that. I want to turn this. So that that's what led me to get my own shit because I want to do it now. I don't want to wait till the next session or this nigga give me time or whatever. So I started getting my own equipment. But as far as the, the streets and, and and the life, is, if that's what you mean, and, um, I was already um I was already a changed man by that time when I became a rapper. I was working at MTV at the time. You know, I had a job as a production assistant and all that for mad years. Mm. A job that I got on work release from prison. Wow. You know what I mean? So when I started rapping, I was already working at MTV for years. And I naturally picked it up. So I was focused. I wasn't doing nothing in the street. I was already being a professional in every level I can. I still was in the projects. I still hang with everybody on the street. The whole project still be in my house, too. Because I got the lab. I, I, my crib was always that crib where everybody come there. It's flooded. Million niggas. You know what I mean? You could do whatever in my house. Yeah, yeah, you could do whatever in my house. You, you could drink. You could smoke. You could bring your girls. and All that used to go down. So, But I was focused. You know what I mean? As far as to do something. So when I started rapping and all that, it wasn't like nothing ever sidetracked me. Even to this day. I put a thousand percent from that day I started, and I never slowed down, not once, mm. not once. 
Gangster, gangster. See, me being an MC from New York and being a fly nigga, <clears throat> I always love polo. I always love Coogee. I always love Iceberg. I always love these things. But the only thing that lasted with me till now is, is Ralph Lauren. You low. know what I mean? It's the low. Like, obviously, you know, now I done advanced my shit and I'll tie it in with the Gucci or the Dior or mm-hmm. whatever just because I got bored. With the low? I got bored. Wow. I got bored, brother low. But I, you I know, with like, low life, it, we was always everything. That's right. what a lot of people don't know. This shit, It's a culture. Yeah. And that's what I be telling it niggas. Like, look, man, low, man. It, ain't, it ain't. it's not what's on me. It's what's in me. Yeah. This is what it is. If I got naked <laughs> right now, I'm still that fly nigga. Mm. Mm. Straight up and down. With the logos, with the, the style. Because you make the clothes. It's, it's not what I got on. It's my aura. It's my... It's my motherfucking posture. Facts. These Facts. things make your clothes. I could be in the same room with with a dude wearing the same exact thing, but we gonna look different because of my aura, because of who the fuck I am. Even if nobody know who the fuck I am, you're gonna know I'm somebody because you're gonna feel it. My energy is alive. It's always even if I'm silent. I think when I'm silent, it's even more scary for motherfuckers because they don't know how to figure me they out. They can't read you. Yep. So mm-hmm. it's like, man, who this nigga? What he up to? But they feel the energy and they feel the aura. And that's a lot a lot of New York niggas got that. Mm-hmm. Especially Rikers Island niggas in New York. Because mm-hmm. a nigga come walk in the dorm like that. You be like, who this nigga? And you mm-hmm. know, niggas is plotting early. Mm-hmm. See... Niggas, we low collectors. You're you're a historian. You know what I mean? Way, way past anything that I could be in this shit. Like I said, I got into this shit by admiring niggas like you, Mayhem, Rap. But you also help you carry, I mean? brother, low. If nobody ever tell you, you carry the flag in places we're not. And that's what makes it bigger for all of uh-oh, us. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Talk, uh-oh. Talk about the low. Talk about the low. Yeah. Perfect timing. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Think about this nigga right here, boy. Y'all done already popped out like four bottles and I ain't even finished one. That's how this nigga, yeah. That's my guy right there. Oh, man. The big hello in here. Yo, this guy right here. Which leads leads me into a story. Grab somebody. Grab a seat. Grab a seat. Put it right there next to smoke. So, move move that bag, Richie. So, like I said, you know what I mean? I always loved the low. But, you know, I was always in the other shit, too. Fast forward to now, I'm in music about, I want to say, 07, 08. I get into the store, rugby. Shout out to Steve and Quasi. They took me to rugby. Actually, 05. I was, uh, no, 06. Sean Kingston, Beautiful Girls video. I needed an outfit. They like, yo, it's the store in 12th and University. It's, it's, just, it's just rugby's. Like the shit you like Just the rugby's Cause I would wear The regular polo shit And they like No the rugby shit Is the higher level That introduced me to that I started loving it I go hard with it Cause I'm You know I'm I'm Possessive And What's the word Um, Not possessive The uh, I'm um, I don't know what you're saying The one track Yeah I'm I'm One track Obsessive Obsessive I'm obsessive with, with, With shit Once I get into it I'm really into it 
So now, you know what I mean? I'm starting to pop on the internet and I'm looking at all these old photos and I'm seeing you and I'm seeing, you know what I mean? All the homies and all the low shit. Now, low is in and out of Miami at this time. He's always venturing off doing his thing. And he called me one day like, yo, man. What's up, everyone? Stacey Ike here from the Human to Human podcast and Recovering Perfectionist. If you're looking to explore your interpersonal relationships, have a safe space to reflect without shame, and deep dive into the many layers of being human, then come hang out with me on the Human to Human podcast where I go deep with your favorite celebrities, tastemakers, and thought leaders. Be sure to check out and subscribe to Human to Human with Stacey Ike. That's the number two, not the word two, brought to you by the Revolt Podcast Network. I'll see you there. This nigga in Miami, man, it's polo nigga, man, Thurston Howe. I'm like, what, nigga? Thurston Howe? What, nigga? You, how the fuck you meet this nigga? He like, nah, this nigga Ruben. This nigga Ruben, you know what I mean? Introduce me to this nigga. Cool nigga, you know what I mean? I'm like, yo, you got to introduce me to this nigga, bro. You got to introduce me to this nigga. Fast forward, I meet you in this barbershop in Brownsville. That was East New York. East New York. Yeah. Me and Bodega Bams. Yeah. And, and that's where... I f- that's where I got christened and, and no Nem Nem wasn't there Nem was he wasn't there for that time. I think once you came to Harlem, nah, we went to Brooklyn. I think we was in um, Marcus Garvey. We came to Marcus mm-hmm. Garvey to fuck with you and everybody over to, there at, at one night. I but but was doing. that because it was a few times we was out there? Because I remember. You know, when we started Y'all to run with the RFC the thing. Word to my L's video shoot. The word to Crown and Heights. Crown Heights. Crown Heights. That that's what it that's that what it was. St. John's. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. right, 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 right. Right. You saw the video? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. I forgot who built it. We was in front of Ralph Flo building. Yeah, 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 Ralph Flo yeah, was, was another legendary founder and all that. Now and he had just came home from jail from mm-hmm. doing like fifteen. So, you know, I had to take the video over there to like became a party, yo. Mm-hmm. Now, when when we started, shout out to the Razor Face Cutters, Ralphie's Forgotten Children. You know, what I mean, the original RFC Graffiti Crew. Yeah. When when when, you know, our acronym for it is really fucking cool. But when we got into it, a lot of the the elder statesmen they wasn't really happy with us <laughs> at that time. They wasn't happy with us. You know what I mean? But shout out to Raz. Shout out to Sasha Stone from Massapill, one of my good friends. He made Sasha's the people. Yeah, he made us and he made me and Raz sit down. And, and, and you know what I mean yeah. And Raz That's one of my brothers I love Raz I haven't spoken to him In a while But that's You know he's like Nigga I'm front line I don't give a fuck What nobody say Nigga you RFC Wave the flag How you do it Nigga you doing it In a whole nother lane We ain't do, we, We're not doing it Like that right now yeah. You carry it But at that time You know what I mean Like I said A lot of people Wasn't happy with us And We came to you Cause we like Yo look brother Lo, I don't know What the fuck Is going on but we coming to Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and and the way you embraced us and was like, nah, you made calls, you took us other places, you know what I mean? And, you know, just, just alone, us being Harlem niggas just going out there, I felt like, nigga, at the end, looking back, I'm like, damn, that was some ballsy shit. Yeah. What the fuck is we doing silly. in Brownsville? Nah, nah, I wasn't but silly because we had... We, we had, had to, to stand on our shit, though. We had to stand on our shit because it was like... We been on some, some cowardice shit and niggas would want to fuck with us. Yeah, like, nah, I remember, you know, shout out my, my guy, Son Low. Me yeah, and him yeah. was shout on out the to phone. Son Low. <laughs> Me and him was on the phone and we, we got in, into a verbal into a verbal match. Like, and he like, yo, that nigga's got a big bet. So now when he said this, 
I didn't understand what he meant. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm like, nigga, what the fuck you trying to extort niggas? Like, what the fuck you doing? I come to And then, you know, we we hashed that out. But, you know, just just y'all understanding how serious we took it. You know what I'm saying? Because I remember reading about you, and I think it was Don Devo or the feds or some shit. Me, me and Steve, this is how I was introduced to him before mm-hmm. I actually met him. So when I met him in Miami, that's why I called you. I'm mm-hmm. like, yo, thirst. I'm here with Thirst right now. Shout out my brother Ruben, but yeah, yeah bro, we used to. It was a good dude. Yeah, yeah, facts. I and met him in the barbershop. He used to manage the, the, the chop shop. Chop shop. We used to just watch, we used to watch y'all moves and we used to watch, you know, whatever videos we could find on y'all and just like, mm-hmm. damn, be like, these niggas is so serious about these shit. But even like, with y'all, man, what I felt, even, you know, to explain to everybody else, I always look back and said, we let all y'all niggas in. So you hmm. can't say nothing about nobody else trying to come in. Right. Because we trying to unify the culture. So whoever felt the way, then I'm going to have to feel the way about you now. Right. Because we trying to add on to the culture. Mm-hmm. Nobody should be against nothing mm-hmm. that's going to add on to the culture. Y'all moving hard at the same time. Mm-hmm. Y'all up there making it happen. Why are we not going to embrace that? Because you helping to carry our flag further. Mm-hmm. Everybody benefits from your work. Right. Everybody benefits from my work. So whoever can't add on and give back in the same, I'll let them know. Get the fuck out of here now. Right, right. Because they coming to add on. Right. You cannot feel no way. Nobody going to stop it. Nobody going to shut it down. None of that. Right. And, that, that. and like I said, it didn't happen. Nobody nobody. I got my L's too. I got my L's on me too. That's hard body. I got my L's on me too. You know that. It's culture, son. It's for all of us. We got to share it because that's how, you know, we help other brothers in whatever they doing. Right. You don't even got to wear a polo. It's mad lowlifes who don't wear no motherfucking polo. Hmm. You can't tell them niggas they ain't no lowlife. That's me. Right. Yeah. That's me right now. Yeah. That's a fact. You got, you got on that big on. teddy right uh, nah, now. No, but I did this thing, and I, and I, you know, let me let me say something. Like I was telling you, I got, I got, I look, look, I love this shit. Heavy. I love, I yeah. had to, I had to do Weird. it because I'm like, closet, yeah. I'm like big bro in here. I got, I got to pull something out. But like I said, I got bored with Ralph because yeah. they started making a lot of shit that I wasn't. After the denim and supply era, even during that era, it kind of turned me off. And then they just started to just go left. And I'm like, I gotta get on something else. But then I came up on Greg Lauren. Wow. You fuck with Greg Lauren? I never even heard of Greg. So Greg Lauren is Ralph's nephew. And he got his line? And he has a line yeah, that he this makes is my look. First time look even hearing about this it. is a Greg Lauren wow. flannel. So he takes old Ralph pieces and puts them together. Wow. And they're like mash-ups. one of one, like Our mashups. His name is Greg. What? That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy, right? That's crazy. Damn, yeah. I ain't even know you ain't know about Greg Lauren. Yeah, Never you would, heard about. You it. would love it. Oh my god, Dylan, Dylan brother or something, right? Dylan that owned the candy shop, the the, the candy shop on uh, Third Ave downtown. It's probably his grandson yeah. type of shit. Maybe somewhere yeah. in the family, but he's definitely so that that's what I got on, just to keep the low shit going. Cause it, it felt fresh to me just having like the patchwork. It's like a patchwork brand yeah. with a bunch of patchwork shit. I'll be making a lot of my own shit. So I'll create. Yeah, I'll I'll make see. wallpaper nigga, for my Gangsta. crib and shit. Like that. Yo, they got Gucci. I already know what your crib. Yo, they yeah, got Gucci fan blades, crazy. yo. yo I never bro. seen that nowhere. Yeah, the cups. <laughs> the cups is polo, b. Everything. Everything. We went. We went to the old mansion that you had in in Miami. Grandma's crib. Mm-hmm. Nah, that wasn't grandma's. Actually, crib. we went to grandma's crib too. Yeah, but, right, I'm, yeah. but 
My grandma we went, crib was everything. That was every. I loved that crib. Mm-hmm. But we also went to the mansion too, where mm-hmm. you was like, come on, brother Lowe, this is the chop shop. Yep. Come over here, which, which is what I got on the chopping block. His yeah. shower curtains was polo. Everything was polo. Yeah, yeah. You gave you plates. gave me my my favorite polo set, the duck the ski hat, joint, the ski yeah. joint, the ski yeah. duck hat with the flannel. Yeah, I shot still the video got that, that day. Facts, yeah. facts, facts. And facts, when you facts. Went, when you like, damn, I need. I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, I couldn't say no. Man, the man. brother low came, held me down. Right. We did a couple of things. We got got you a show out yep, there. Yeah. So man, when man. he wanted the piece, I'm like. I shouldn't have even showed this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he threw it on. Yeah. I know he, he even got to right wear on. that right, shit, right, yo. Right, right. Man, when I say that's, that's, my, that's my favorite shit. Like I said, love and loyalty took me far. Now the soapbox is polo, though. Everything was. I polo. think niggas don't understand hey, yo, how deep Razor it got. Canaan, oh, we oh, gonna yo, get into that. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Yes, yes, yes. We gonna get into that. We gonna, we gonna get into. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, we we gonna talk. We gonna, no, 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 no. No, he ain't see the new episode, but we gonna talk about the old one. But, but hold on, it was something I was about to get into. Now, like I said, when I really got into the the low culture and got embraced by the real low niggas. That's when shit started to change for me. Cause now I'm touring and I'm going other places. I'm in Amsterdam. I'm in, um, New Zealand. That's where I met Tom. I'm in fucking, um, Brussels. I'm in fucking Denmark. I'm in Copenhagen. And all of my fans is coming in low shit. Wow. Right. So shout out to the, to the, to the motherfucking, uh, the sound that just went yeah, off on the phone. Right, That's right. the show that was some real shit. That's some Batman shit. It was some, ba- some Batman shit, right? So, I know for you, when you go out and people see you, the acknowledgement of polo has to be grail level shit. Yeah. How was it like being embraced for being the culture of Ralph Lauren? Wow. It's crazy, man. I never in a million years could have imagined this shit. I was doing this shit in jail, yo. So to see how where's it at and how people relate to it or even adapt to it, like just my whole family adapted to it. Talk about my relatives, my cousins, my aunts, uncles, everybody, like everybody in low life had that influence on their family. That's how the low wives came about, right? The low wives. That's crazy. It, 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 right? Like it, 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 everybody automatically got into it. So, I mean, I feel like being an ex-con, being looked at as a thief, as a poor ghetto motherfucker from the projects and all that. Y'all y'all rich motherfuckers wanna be like us. Right. Y'all wanna be poor. Right. Y'all wanna right. talk about it. But I really loved it, man. I really feel honored because no matter what we did, it's not in vain. A lot of dudes died for this shit. Like died. The wars happened because the nigga had love. Niggas got a body because they will fly every day. Niggas across the street coming to get you because you fly every day. The biggest thing about it is I feel so good because all them niggas who died, I made sure they live forever now. Everybody know who they are and they were gone for 25 years, but this new generation know they need even a lot of my dudes who was in jail forever, everybody know who they are around the world because I made sure of that. And that, to me, that was the most beneficial 
part about it, even more than me being acknowledged. Like, cause I didn't just come in here and do it for myself. I read the whole thing and everybody. The niggas who wasn't here, I said they names the most to make sure y'all niggas who here. But now the niggas who violated and we don't fuck with you, I never said your name and you died because of that. You died, mm. not in real life, mm-hmm. but you died. No Nobody knows who you are. Because you didn't stick to love and loyalty. Mm. I'm going to always be that way. Like, my love and loyalty is for real, man. With everybody. And the culture, the fashion, the clothes, with Brownsville, with my peoples, and anybody who knows me know I, I live that shit to a thousand percent, man. And that's why I feel honored, proud, and all that. Even to sit with y'all. I'm rocking with some flies, Harlem niggas. This nigga pop champagne every chance he gets. Every chance he gets. Right? I only call him Champagne Low. Nigga came and said, Where's Champagne Low at? That's a fizzy. You know, he gave me my name. When we was doing the joint on Rugby Thompson, he was doing the roll call. It was me, him, Mayhem, Loren. And and, and, I, and he was on the track and he was he was sounding, you know, he was just sounding off. And he like, Nim low. That's the first, that's wow. where it was born. Because it was Nim Dots. That album right there. That album right there, Brother Low. Rugby Thompson. That's hard. That's hard. Yo, Nim Low. And I'm like, he like, yo, from now on, that's your name. I'm like, yeah, it is. Oh, that's Ellie, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> you know, I just started I just started to realize and, and embrace the wins that we got. And that album right there was a Billboard Top 20 rap wow. albums. And we just ordered a bunch of plaques. So I'm definitely wow. going to get you oh, one because you, you're, you're a part Thank of that you. album. So you, you need that Billboard plaque. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Fit two in the low mansion. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Man. Who that? That's third? Oh, you, you going? Yo, you out? You out, baby? Oh, man. I appreciate you coming out. I had to come Love is love, man. Let's get some work, man. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. I'm going to hit you. I'm going to shoot you my number and shit. All right, all right. Be safe, baby. My nigga Nemlo, the big horse in this mm-hmm. motherfucker. Like I said, you know. I had to show up. Yeah, it's the culture. He, he don't come out Sunday, so. the culture. Look, That's my nigga, third. Bro. Come, come, come oh, pull up, dog. Come out. Man. Look, another low head that, came bro. in. You know what I mean? Another look. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nah, 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 nah. Get that flick. Get that flick. Get that flick. What's good, nigga? Let's do it. Go ahead, the low head niggas. Go ahead, man. You gonna do it right here? Get in it too, baby. This ain't all about low. Come on, bro. Gucci, I'm sending out to everybody. Yo, thank you, man. Yo, good luck, baby. Likewise, man. Yup, yup. Impromptu moments, man. Impromptu moments, man. Low heads, low heads connect. You know what I mean? What you got coming up next, brother? Low. What's the new shit? Oh man, everything, man. I works, man. I work. I only work. I only work, and I only be with my family, man. That's all that matters to me. So, I work while I'm taking care of my family. Hmm. I probably got five albums. I don't know what the fuck to do with. That's good problems. I got this new joint with Smooth Hustler, man. Shit right now. That's your favorite shit right now. You was talking. You was every Brown time you talk about legend. that shit, you smile and like. Dvalius Christ did the hook. I'm a Brownsville legend. 
Omar Brownsville. Yo, that shit is so hard. <clears throat> I got this one song, though, right? Because I really feel like I need to start changing the message in my music. Because my mentality is different than what I be projecting sometimes. You know, I'm an entertainer, so I do anything entertainment-wise. But for what I feel is right and wrong, I, I feel like I'm doing wrong. Hmm. And I want to start changing that. Hmm. My message has to start getting different. You know, I got to start saying shit that's going to resonate and help instead of me saying shoot him up and kill him and stab him in the neck and mm -hmm. buy these drugs shit. Mm -hmm. I got this song right now called The OG Stands for Open Grave. Mm. The OG Stands for Open Grave. Mm. You running with the wolves in the hood when you caught that case? How you raise your son to make the same mistakes? The OG Stands for Open Grave. Mm. Like, you know, it's that aspect of what I'm feeling where we got to add on to change something. We got to start saying something, especially to the niggas our age who still guiding these niggas down a certain path. Mm. That shit is wrong. I'm starting to feel wrong when I'm making music that way. And that's mm. just me being honest as a man. Mm. But I'm also an entertainer because my music is pure entertainment. You see, I'm massive versatile. I go... Everywhere with it. I do Spanish shit. I do love shit. I Don do Chicharron. comedy shit. Don Chicharron. That's, yeah. Don That's my shit right there. I love that fucking but song. But I want to really start going that route. Like, right now I got to do this song with uh, Wise Intelligent from Poor Righteous Teachers, right? So I, I already told him, like, listen, I want you to lead the song because I need to follow what you do. I don't want to impose on I know... They serious about their message and what they trying to get across, you know, and what they putting out to the people. So I want to do what he feels is the right thing to do for a song. It's going to still be skilled out, creative, all that, but things got to start changing. Even for myself, man, I feel I have to. I feel it's my job, you know what I mean, at this point. My, my music is retarded, son. The more you listen, you see, like, this nigga crazy. It's <laughs> all crazy shit because it is. You know, I do every. I do massive nasty music. Like I do whole nasty. I, I got a new album with the Two Live Crew. That's how much nasty. You give it up like that? Yeah. Beyond. Oh, Beyond. Oh, oh, he, he got us. We're gonna get to his segment shortly. Oh, you get on some. Oh, some you gonna, gonna, yeah, I'm, I'm a pornhead. I'm, I'm, I'm my shit is ridiculous. I got a mixtape right now called. I got a mixtape right now called. Um, Porno lyrics, right? Talk to him. But yo, talk to him. My reps advised me not to release that shit. <laughs> Fuck them niggas. Who, who told you to not do do that? There's niggas out here that need that, like me. Yeah, but my shit is extreme. I need that. I said, right, well, hold, on, brother, hold on, brother. Hold on, brother. Hold on. Hold on. You never saw my video. Crazy bitches got the best pussy. I'm pulling that up. Oh, right. Hold on, brother. We gonna get into that. Hold on. Let, let me play. Let me, let me play. Yeah, hold on. Let me play a little stupid music. Oh, we do. Mm -hmm. He hit the segment. He hit the segment. Oh, nah, I'm, I'm, I go hard with that. You do? I, I do full projects. I do full projects. Who, who, you, who, who's your favorite? Like, who's your symbol of porn? I'm woman? not, a, I'm not a porn dude. You just, a, you just, a, you I'm just, just a nasty with, lyricist. Coogee rap, talk like sex. That's me. That's my style. When so you, you set the, the soundtrack for it. Yeah, and it's skill, but skills is involved at all times. So it's like, it's nasty, 
but it's skilled to fuck. You never heard dreams of fucking a cartoon? Nah, bitch? you put me. I feel bad. <laughs> you never heard dreams of fucking a cartoon? He, bitch? he ain't do his job. Check it out. I ain't, I ain't do, do my job. job. You missed the Google. To take bro. it is tasteless, <laughs> right? This dick I have Wonder Woman pawn in her bracelets. Uh, uh. I offer candy to little orphan Annie. In front of Tweety Bird, I backshot Granny. Me and Shaggy ran trains on Thelma and Daphne. Nasty. She hoaxed pussy nappy. Little mermaid, her bra made of shells. I know the pussy good, but I'm not trusting the smell. Mm. Olive oil, you starving. Don't even start me. Wilma and Betty wear the same shit to every party. Barbie's <laughs> got it all. <laughs> That's a fact. Yo, Barbie's got it all. She could have my seeds. The Powerpuff girls got their name smoking weed. Raggedy Ann got no breasts and she can't dress. Stop fucking with that hoe. She don't keep a clean crib. Broomhilda rides her broom in more than one way. Chitara has some pussy that was untamed. Betty Boob is a racist, she ain't acting right. Only fuck characters that's black or white. Mm. Charlie Brown said, <laughs> Lucy's twat, juicy, holding her knees. Little girl, she's really older than me. Jasmine from Aladdin, we was reggae cabin stabbing. Pepper seed planting, finger fuck could get my hand in. When this occurs, treat them like birds. Smurfette wrote this dick that was bigger than her. I fucked them all and counting loudly. Proudly, Yogi Bear scared to have his bitch around me. Snow White ain't too pure with this thing in her mouth. Cinderella had a ball without me taking her out. Black the Catwoman. <laughs> Catwoman is a freak. Tell by her outfit. One Facts. finger, four fingers, and her meow mix. Uh, <laughs> Son, I guess busy with your Dreams shit. of fucking the cartoon, bitch. <laughs> I guess busy that with the nasty shit. Yo, you, I guess busy with the nasty shit. Well, I guess busy with this. You know what I'm saying? Just, yo, that's that's a, you know what I'm saying. Look, Thursday how he just hit the soundtrack for us. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So we giving out to Angelie Jolie. Oh, Angelie Jolie, the asshole queen. Woo. We fucking with her. She opening. She gate. That's the gate queen. If you don't know it, hey, yo, you know what I'm saying? I don't so even you, know what that means, son. Yo, well, you, oh, you wow. can hear it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you gaped the bitch or two. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> I got a wife at home. Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We ain't talking about that, me too. But you know what I'm saying? We got a job to do at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? That's so, crazy. Angelique Jolie, that's... Yo, am I saying... I don't fucking notice your poor star of the week. Yes. You asking me some shit. I'm bugging out. Shit yeah. you do. Asshole queen. Niggas know who I'm talking about. That's how we giving it up right there. That's a fact. This nigga just freestyled some shit. Nah, he just gave me the whole little segment, Girl, though. I got whole projects like that. The whole project is nasty. Like I said, niggas advise me, don't put that out right now, sir. It's crazy out there what's going on in the world. Leave that alone <laughs> for a little while. You know what I mean? <laughs> this nigga, bro. Yo, bro. I, when we did the album he's on, right? I did a we did an album in Miami called Penny Plans, right? But it's the soundtrack to sucking and fucking based on true life events. That's how the title and all that shit is listed. But when you see the crazy bitches got the best pussy video, you see what the fuck we was talking about, man. It's on YouTube. Crazy bitches got the best pussy. Y'all go check that out. Yeah, niggas. Tell me if it's a game. Out. 
Tell no, me if it's a game P-O, or not. My POW niggas gonna run to that. Yeah, your POW niggas is correcting you. It's or, it's Aurora Jolie. Yo, I'm fucked up. I, I'm a bad name person. This I'm niggas, a horrible... This nigga's ridiculous. Yo, bro. He be on, I'm a horrible name person. I'm just one of those people. <laughs> you tell me your name. I make up people's names. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I, I'm one of those people that make people's names. Yo, what's going on? I just make up your name. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I call you. You know, when I call you, that's what I call you. I apologize, but I whacked off to the bitch a couple wow. times. So, you know what I'm saying? So, I'm invested. Oh, wow. She can't say nothing about that. But thank you for correcting me because they knew who I was talking about when I said the asshole queen. See, I know what she's talking about. Don't worry about it. They knew who I was talking about. I knew I was bugging. I'm like Angelina Jolie. I was like, <laughs> nigga said Angelina Jolie, bro. Oh, I fucked now, up. He say asshole queen. We call that the backstage pass. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know what? The backstage pass. Backstage pass. You know, you That's backstage her new pass name. For me? Yo, Aurora. Aurora. Your light skinned ass with your big ass double D titties and that fat ass butt. <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. We in here with the OG, you heard? Nah, he don't like that term. Excuse me. Oh, nah. I ain't saying nah. I like that term. I said them niggas who doing that foul shit, they open, open graves. graves. Copy. That's what it is. Okay. Like, you know, we... OG stand for a lot of shit nowadays, man. On guard, only good. There's a lot of... You can phrase it however you want. But them niggas who doing that bullshit, just waiting to die, man. You're open grave, man. Because hmm. you're not leading properly. You're not showing the next generation... How to help you remain alive? You know what I mean? Because mm. you 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 mold these young boys right. They're gonna keep you alive at the same time, 100%. and other people in your family and your community at the same time. Shit is real. That hell do right here, man. Shoot the five. Oh yeah. So we got a we got another segment on this show that show have because you know show is my man's like you know I had him with me when. We was in uh, Miami back in the days. He's been around. We started this podcast because I argue with this nigga a lot. Yeah. We argue. You know what I mean? I occasion, good content. I occasion, yeah, it's good content. I occasionally shit on him, but he does a good job. You don't shit does. on me. No, I shit on you. You try. I shit on you. But he does, he, does good at, he, he does good at what he does. And this is the segment where he shoots five names at you. You give me the first thing that come to mind when you hear these five names. Yeah. Shoot the five. Rack Low. Rack Low? My brother. Ralph Lauren. The icon. Mm. Smoke Dizzle. My brother. Nem Low. My brother. I'm gonna switch it up on you. We're gonna go PR on you. Hector Lavoe. The guard. That's motherfucking Bob Marley of Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. Mm. To this day, nobody topped him. Mm-hmm. When a motherfucker could die and still everybody emulate him and do everything they can. And I'm going to tell you some crazy shit. I didn't grow up knowing Salsa. I started studying that shit in my 30s. I'm from Brownsville, man. It's not, it's there's crazy. no Salsa being played nowhere. But going to my family in Miami and things like that, I was able to learn my own culture more. I grew up black culture. I know more about black culture mm-hmm. Than knowing my actual Latin roots and shit like that. I didn't go to Puerto Rico till I was 35 for the first time. You know, so once I learned who, I always knew who he was. I knew his songs, but I didn't know. What he did. Yep. I didn't know his impact. I didn't know none of that. But when I started learning and understanding, he's, he's, he's the pun. 
of the salsa world. Facts. Mm. You know what I mean? Facts. He's the pun, the biggie, the Tupac. Muhammad Ali, all that. All of that. All of that. All yeah, of he's all of that. there's none above him. Yeah, there's nothing. There's none. Nobody. You know what I mm. mean? So I got to give it to him. Facts. Got you. Last one. Yeah. Thurston Howe. Thurston Howe. He is who he is. You know what I mean? I don't know. That ain't one word, but it's like I'm the same nigga I was in 86. Mm. The same nigga I was in 2000. I'm wiser now. You know, I'm I'm way more disciplined and shit like that. But Thurston Howe's here forever, baby. Even Talk after he's gone. And that's what I all like. Even if I never had a major situation or a Grammy or sold or so, when I'm gone in a hundred years, my great great grandchildren are gonna be able to look me up and see me and say, "Oh, you walk like great great granddad. You look like him." I left that legacy for everybody to always remember. To me, that's all I really want. I ain't getting this shit for no money or nothing. I got in this shit for the love. I love this shit. You know what I mean? I think I loved hip-hop more than my mother. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? So, that's not how we're going to be here forever, even after he's gone. And I made sure of that shit. That was a thorough answer. Let me let my motherfucker know. Thorough answer. Because you already know I waved the flag for life. Like I said, my big brother, one of my mentors in this shit... Always led me in the right direction. Always championed me even when I thought I wasn't doing the right thing. You'd be like, no, brother, low. Continue. Keep pushing that shit forward. Do what you do. Fuck what everybody else doing. You do what you do. I'm riding with you. And I always, forever will appreciate that and forever will honor you with that. Rube just checked in. Rube said, um, Rube Rube said, when we getting that low doc? Oh, man. Getting a lot more than that. Mm. It's coming. Everything. Mm. Mm. What up, Ru? I ain't see Ru in a minute, but good brother I met in Miami at the Chop Shop, man. That's how I met all of y'all. So Word. Shout, shout out, out to Ruben. my brother Ruben, man. Word. But, you know, shout out to Joey Badass, one of my other brothers. He's oh, in this. Killing, killing it. I love, killing. man. Yo, Yo I, I had him up here, too. I that was him. Yeah, he. Killing I, it. He remind me of a nigga from 88. That's mm-hmm. crazy. I, That's he, the, he killed it to the, I, like I said. I don't know him. I met him with you when you came to Miami. When I, yeah, stuff, right. right. That was his first show in Miami. Yep. Word. But mm. the character he portrayed, I didn't find out that was him to like after two or three. And that's when you know a nigga's pulling off the character properly. But he act like a nigga from motherfucking. He's from Brooklyn. Yep. But he killing it, man. Shout out fact. to him, man. Much love, man. I I really respect what he's doing because. He's actually my favorite character. He's my favorite too. character Mine's too. No he's bullshit. my favorite, and character. I I love the mother too. Like she's she's she growing cool. on me. I think she's fire. I, I love I love His the way she love the way she talks. Actually, I, lo- I love brother, I love everybody. Cool. Marvin, Marvin he's is my going, nigga. Mar- Marvin, Marvin is I love I love he's his character, but I love the whole show overall mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons. For one of them bodies. New York City in the nineties for the, the era that I grew up watching. I wasn't I was a, a kid. In ninety in ninety one I, I was fucking six. For real? Yeah. yeah. So I wasn't even outside. I was watching it from going to school, seeing it from my mom's my pops bringing me home. And that and that was the culture to me. And then the low shit. The fact that 
it's acknowledged like it's widely in the storyline, it makes it even more authentic and it, it warms my heart to see it. How was your feelings when you saw that for the first time? Nah, I was feeling it, but I don't know if it was really popping like that in Southside Queens at the time. Like, <laughs> I'm, just being, I'm being honest. Like, you know, they oh, I, I respect shit. everything they doing, but this, this that Brooklyn shit. Yeah. Y'all, you know, like, yeah, I respect everything 50 do. He take it there. That's that Brooklyn shit. But mm-hmm. it did spread everywhere. So I wasn't in Southside Queens to say that I know that I actually seen it. But that's that Brooklyn shit. I hope them characters are from Brooklyn at mm-hmm. least, cause mm-hmm. and bringing that, cause that's that Brooklyn shit, straight up and down. You know what I mean? Mm. I love what they doing, man. I love every fucking book of power, all of them. Me too. That's my all of favorite fucking yeah. series. I on never TV. watch series Ever. or study nigga shit or none of that, but I do with power. Same, same, same. I do. I feel you can connected. Relate. Yeah, you can relate. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a story I, I about love our the time. Regular mm. one. I love Power Book Two. I love how Tyreek carried it as a character. I love how he evolved as a character and an actor to carry it on his own. Even I don't know the name of the fifties character in the new Kanan. Kanan. He's carrying it the same way Tyreek carried it. He's doing an excellent job. Excellent job. Excellent job. Excellent. Also, they really catching the times almost perfect. The hairstyles. Mm-hmm. I was there. Cars, the clothes. I seen them having used jeans on. Mm-hmm. No used jeans on. Mm-hmm. You know used. I don't know what that. I know what it is. What's used? What's used? If you yeah, know. I don't. I don't. Nah, I'm explain. not talking about used. That somebody I, had it I, first. It's, it was a brand. It was a brand. Yeah. They had used jeans on in in the episodes and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like they really they had bad feet. Joey had a sheepdog on. Joe, nah, in the first that, that's not that's not that that's time. not a sheepdog. Not, but that's not that time era. Mm. Sheepdog, like I see it. This is crazy, right? Because a lot of dudes be getting a sheepskin coat and rocking it, talking about '88. Nigga, sheepdogs was played out in '88. By by '86, you cannot rock a sheepdog. You got murdered for it in '84 and all that. But in '86, niggas gonna laugh at you. The same mm. with a pair of gazelles. Gazelles was the shit. I, it's niggas in my projects to this day crippled. Because niggas shot them for their gazelles in 83 and 84. <laughs> They're not funny, but... <laughs> yeah, but then in funny, 89, bro. nigga going to laugh at you for wearing a pair of gazelles. Nigga, I was a fucking gazelle. But you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, I'm an old school nigga from back then. But you never see me in gazelles, kangos. Never. Because it's a, it's a costume now to me. I don't feel the same wearing it. Hmm. I'm not putting on that costume. Because now it looks like a costume on niggas. Third move with the times. Mm-hmm. Not even. I stick to nah, my he time. I stick to his time. Yeah, I stick to my time yeah. and wherever I'm at in my mind. I think that's what helps keep a nigga young because I'm stuck in my time. I don't got to mm. evolve with other nigga shit or whatever. I'm stuck in my time and my mentality of where I want to be. Mm. But niggas be looking funny with kangos and, <laughs> and they always trying to 88 with a sheepskin on. Nigga, that shit was played out. What are y'all talking about? <laughs> 88. That's 88. See that every being rock him, that, but that, that's that 88. Man. Right, right. That's when we talking 88. Hmm. Did y'all fuck with that back then, nah. Brooklyn niggas? She was Boule. Hmm. Back then, you couldn't rock Boule, but that was an expensive shit. You the man if you rocking that, no matter what borough you in. Right. Ain't nobody dissing it. Right. But low lowlifes looked at it like it's Boule. Like every other bootleg shit that was out there. It was a problem. We couldn't afford it anyway. You had to buy that shit. You can't steal no dap shit, your size, you know. You had right, to get it custom. It was custom. Yep. Right. That's what made his shit unique. 
Word, word. Because that era, you know what I mean? Even in Raising Canaan. Yeah, they, Joey, they, they had Unique is wearing yeah. a dap bubble, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that was a part of the era, but it, it was just interesting. I always wanted to ask you that, like how the lows felt about that back nah, then. Nah, we never touched it. We never yeah. touched a lot of shit. We ain't never touched no troop. I don't, I'll be seeing mad niggas bragging about Yeah, troop. about troop jackets. Y'all troop never fucked with the troop. Troop sneakers, troop nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, I know LL went hard with the troop, but that shit ain't influenced not Brooklyn. Mm. You know what I mean? Like Brooklyn, we stuck to a lot of shit. There was a lot of shit that was corny. And we ain't fuck with it at all. Like a lot of shit we ain't fuck with. Mm. And it's not official. Like a lot of dudes today are talking about certain old styles and they put certain things on the table that that shit wasn't official just because it was back in the day. That don't make it official. That shit was corny. Wouldn't fuck with a bitch wearing troop, nigga. Niggas laughing at you. <laughs> Yo, your bitch had on a troop coat or triple fat goose. That shit was not accepted by the fly live niggas. The regular dudes were wearing it, the bum niggas, the broke mom, but the live niggas, they not touching that. Mm. Not touching certain shit. Mm. That's a good insight, because I, I never knew that. You know what I mean? I, I mean could I go I, on. Go on. No, I mean, I, you putting me different on. Brands, it's as far as different brands, brands, right. A lot of shit wasn't official mm. at all. Even when Jay, when Jay dropped the S dot Carter, that was a bootleg Gucci sneaker. He did the Gucci sneaker. The Reeboks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I liked them. I bought them. Yeah. I'll be straight up because no, Gucci wasn't even making the sneaker no more. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then his second sneaker was the polo sneaker. Facts. He bootlegged the black polo sneaker with the stripes. Like I said, I used to rock those on Rikers Island too. Mm. You know what I mean? But it still wasn't the same. Man. Now, in days, the bootleg shit is perfect. Niggas rock bootleg with no problem because you cannot tell the difference. The bootleg game is on a whole nother level. It's mm. exact. It ain't like before when nigga made a bootleg polo. <laughs> mm-hmm. The nigga looked fucked up yeah, on the horse yeah. and all that. You know what I mean? The nigga had a now golf club instead yeah, of a polo right, right, stick. Right, 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 right. But now they're perfect with it, man. And every for every brand, they fucking bootleg that shit exactly. Maybe even better. Mm. Mm. I mean, yeah. That in certain brands, yeah, I think you know, for niggas like us, I think we could we could identify it. Like, I know Dior ain't make that type shit, or I know Ralph ain't make this. This is just a little too blatant. However, fashion, fashion is what you make it nowadays. Yeah. So it doesn't even you can't even really be called out by it. Especially in this era, this is the first ever where every era of fashion is acceptable. Niggas wear styles from the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 70s, and even 2040 shit uh, we ain't seen yet. The mm-hmm. weirdo niggas go all out. Right. With no, everything. If you could pull it off, you do it. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's do you, because niggas don't give a fuck. It don't matter no more. Just like the music. The music don't matter how good it is no more. They only care about how you promote it and push it. Niggas do all kind of crazy weirdo shit, and that shit blows, and it's acceptable. So it's like, don't never let anybody tell you if your music is good or not, because that's only one, you know, opinion or audience when the rest of the world probably eat that shit up, you know? Mm. So the same fashion, that shit go hand in hand. Word, word. Brother Lowe, you're a fucking gem. You're fucking very, very important to the culture beyond fashion. 
one of the people I look up to in this shit. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you for coming up here and rocking with us. Now right? You already know, anytime, baby. Yes, sir. Before we get out of here, you know what I mean? I usually leave the gems, but when I got a gem sitting in front of me, I always ask for a gem from my gems. Wow. Give me a gem for somebody chasing a dream. I think I said it in the sentences before. Don't let nobody tell you how to do what you want to do or what you love. You do it yourself. If they don't believe in you, you show them, motherfuckers. You do how you feel this should be done. There's no rules no more to how you do your art or the game. There's no rules. The rules are all been out. I follow the rules and commandments and all that, but them shits don't exist to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Do you, man. As long as you're willing to do the work, you're going to make it happen, man. The work is always going to speak for itself. Even me, people ain't like Thurston. They probably didn't understand. Even my own people when I started didn't understand my music because they look at me and then they hear this old funny comedy ass music like, nigga, you not funny? But the music is funny as hell. But in person, I'm, I'm funny. I know how to laugh and all that, but you know I'm a serious dude at the same time. So just do what you feel, do what you love, and do what you're going to stand behind. Because your work is always going to speak for itself, man. Hmm. Heard it here first. Yeah. The motherfucking Skillionaire. Yeah. We live on Skillionaire Road right now. And go check out my motherfucking <clears throat> 200 music videos on YouTube today. Yeah, so we're going to get into a little bit of that. We're going to get into a little bit of that with the people on Twitch. But, you know, before we even get out of here, um, you got a, you have a, a lot of great brands that you stuck behind that you, you know what I mean, fucking uh, magnified around the world. And you also have the Low Life brand where you can find merchandise and everything Thurston Howell. Share that with the people so they know where to get all yeah, that I mean, shit any, from. Anything Thurston Howell you could Google from, you know, all my sites, my website, my merch, my music, my videos. Just type in Thurston Howell third, and you'll come across everything you want to see. I mean, I got over 30 albums already. Like I said, maybe 200 music videos, short films, motherfucking karate movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think I've touched everything. Horror horror videos. But it's like, just go check it out because I'm a versatile MC. I'm a versatile artist. You're never going to predict how I do the next joint or the next situation. Even the nasty shit. A lot of nasty shit out there. You know what I mean? Go check it out and... Get ready for the 50 more videos and albums I'm about to drop right now. Motherfucking Thurston Howard III. Right. Look, look, man. Y'all need to do that so y'all understand how important this guy is. Especially a part of, you know, me being a Harlem nigga and even knowing about this shit. You gotta understand how much I study these guys. Guys like Thurston Howard III. You know what I mean? Shout out to Mayhem Loren. Yeah. Also, brother, two L's. But, um... That stupid shit you say for me. Yo, curls for the girls, ways for the bays, nats for the hood rat. Show Broadway ho, Thurston Howard the third. Smoke this a personal party. Cheer. What's going on, everybody? This is Dr. Shonda, and I am here from the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast. If you're a fan of psychology and mental health, be sure to check out and subscribe to the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast, a show that covers and talks about buzzing topics in pop culture, mental health in the black community, and faith-based topics. And it's brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip-hop, powered by creators.